Live from Hollywood, California, it's The Rick Savage Show. It is The Rick Savage Show. I'm your host, Rick Savage. Thank you for tuning in on a midweek version of the podcast. Apologies. And also, you're welcome. Because... I'm getting over a cold and I attempted to record last night. It did not sound nice. It would have been gross. It would have been a gross half an hour. I don't know if this podcast is even going to be a half an hour, to be honest with you. It's halfway through the week. Maybe it should be 15 minutes. Halfway podcast. Um, yeah, it was my my throat was just kind of nasty and nasally. And I just, you know, I thought it would be okay to wait an extra day. And uh, give you a podcast where I don't sound disgusting. So that's what we're doing. Uh, We are here. Thanks for listening. Oh, I have another show, actually. Uh, A couple weeks ago, or maybe it was last week. I don't know. It's all such a blur. You know what I mean? There's just so much going on when you don't have a job. (laughs) Um, uh, I had a show at Flappers. It went pretty well. Uh, I think I'll play a little clip from it in a a few minutes. Um, If you didn't go which is the vast, vast majority of people listening. Uh, I'm going to be there May 22nd. It's a Wednesday night. It's a 7.30 show. I don't know what time I'm going on, but the shows are usually like an hour, hour and a half long, so somewhere in there between 7.30 and 9. It's in Burbank. Uh, Flapperscomedy.com, I think, is the website. You can get tickets if you want to go. It's a good time. Come on out. Um, Yeah, it was interesting. So this was my first, like, show at a comedy club and you've probably heard me complain about the open mics that I've done for the past on and off two years because when you do an open mic you're in front of other comedians and they have their arms crossed negative energy that's what Brody Stevens would say he would yell at people that sat in their front row with their arms crossed but Anyways, yeah, you're 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 at these open mics, and usually it's just other comics. Every now and then, a comic will bring a friend or a girlfriend. Gina's gone to a couple with me, and uh, and they're they're not great. And it's I think it's really good training though, because if you can have someone in that audience laugh, and they don't want to laugh, and they're not really even listening to you, then a, a crowd that actually wants to laugh and enjoy themselves uh, are much more likely to. <laughs> And that's what happened. I think it went really well. Um, I did five minutes. Uh, I did a, three little chunks that I've been working on on and off for, I don't know. I want to say at least a year, but then I feel like that sets the expectation so high. But it's really hard. And this is pointing out the obvious, but I just got to say, getting on stage in front of people that don't know you And having a very small window and making them laugh at something is so difficult. And I think in an episode a couple weeks ago, I played a little clip from God's Gangster. I mean, he crushed. He murdered. I could only hope I could ever be as good as God's Gangster. But if it wasn't so, like, dickish, I would, like, secretly record some of these people that get up and uh, just... The other night, there was a guy... And he got up and he did impressions, but it was all of other comedians. Like he did a John Mulaney impression, which, by the way, he's not the biggest comic in the world. 
A lot of you might know who John Mulaney is. Used to write for SNL. He's a great stand-up. He's got some Netflix specials. Very, very funny guy. Obscure. And it was so bad. It sounded nothing like John Mulaney. And then he did an impression of Sam Kinison. Very timely. <laughs> very current. His take was, he, he said, you know, wouldn't it be weird if Sam Kinison did ASMR videos? Which is a funny premise. But then all he did was scream really loud like Sam Kinison used to do. So, no, that was bad. And then um, he did one other one. Was it Kevin James? I don't know. It was someone super random. And uh, and then afterwards, he's like, well, as you could see, I'm an impressionist. And, da, 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 da. and we we're all just like, as you can see, the ball's on you, sir. I cannot see. I cannot see any impressions. There's a lot of delusion at open mics is what I'm saying. And I was afraid that I was also delusional. And maybe I am a little bit, but um, anyways, the show went pretty well. Here, I'll play a clip. All right, let me play. I'll just play the, the opening, the, the way the show started, because I thought that was pretty good. The audio is not super great, but it's enough where you can probably uh, hear it. It was a room of maybe 60 people. The host was great, by the way, so that helped a bunch. The guy that was uh, in between every comic and bringing the comic on, Ronaldo Evans is his name. You can follow him on Instagram at Ronaldo Evans. Good, super good dude. And um, and it was fun because, like I said, this was my first show at an actual comedy club. So backstage we were – he was going over the order, and then um, he was basically asking everyone if you have any credits. Like, how should I introduce you? And this was kind of a showcase, and some of the comics were – uh, more experienced than me and a lot of them were less experienced than me. So no one really had any big credits, but I was like, I don't know, man, I used to be on the radio here in LA and that's kind of cool. That'll at least w like wake people up if they hear that. I said, I was a DJ on K-Rock for a long time and he goes, Oh, okay, great. So he wrote, made a little note. And then I was wearing a TDE pin, which is the record label that Kendrick Lamar and Schoolboy Q and a bunch of other great artists, SZA, whoever um, are on. And he was like, oh, TDE. And I made a dumb joke um, about TDE. And it made him laugh. And I was like, all right, cool. Great. So then I'm sitting like in backstage until it's my time to go on. So then I just kind of pop into the back of the room. And he he plays a Kendrick Lamar song for my walk-up music. And he introduces me. He goes like, you might have heard this guy on the radio uh, here in L.A. Um, well, you know, I don't want to go into details because we're not supposed to like – um, mention uh, big credits, but uh, but you might have heard him. And I was like, that makes me sound like fucking Howard Stern. Thank you. And then he goes, <laughs> he goes, and he's friends with Kendrick Lamar, <laughs> which I'm for sure not and didn't claim. I was wearing a pin and made a joke about the owner of the record label, uh, but he introduced me as Kendrick Lamar's friend. So I was like, hell yeah. I, there was a lot of confidence walking to the stage, which was nice. So that's why I reference how nice his introduction was here at the beginning of this. Thank you so much. Hey, uh, thank you guys all for uh, picking this over Coachella. That's awesome. That's awesome. Ariana Grande, Burbank. I'm with it. Uh, give it up to Rinaldo again. That was a nice intro. He got my name right, which is cool too. Um, like I didn't think Rick Savage was that confusing of a name until. Uh, a couple weeks ago, a comic before me brought me up as Rick Sausage. It's like, what kind of cartoon porn star do you think I am? That's fucking insane. 
<laughs> so that went pretty good. And then there's four more minutes uh, of that wacky banter. And maybe I will throw it on YouTube TBD. We'll see. I've definitely noticed comedians tend to like post their stuff on their social channels way too early. <laughs> and maybe these bits aren't really as flushed out as you think they are. So that's my fear with posting this whole thing. It's like, it's pretty, it's okay, but it's certainly not, you know, it's not something you want Comedy Central to see just yet. So we'll see. Maybe I'll post a, a shorter clip on Instagram. Either way, it was super, super fun. Uh, a bunch of friends came out. Thank you guys. That was so sweet that you showed up on a, well, it was Saturday. I referenced it was Burbank. It was Coachella weekend and, uh, and a bunch of friends drove all the way out to Burbank. So that was awesome. Very sweet. If you didn't go, or if you want to go again, actually, let me, let me explain what's going on. So I had to audition, right? And, uh, I auditioned. And then a couple days later, I got the invite to be on that show from that little clip you heard, which made me feel real nice. And then after that show, a couple days later, I got an invitation to do another show. But it's one of their like monthly comedy contests. So I don't know if this is like the training ground or the, the path for this club is like you do a showcase and then if they like you, they bring you back for their contest. And then depending on how you do on their monthly contest, maybe they'll put you on other shows. I don't know. I will go back as many times as they ask me to. So hopefully it'll lead to more. Wednesday, May 22nd, if you want to come hang out in Burbank, I'll buy you a drink. It was just the 25th anniversary of the Nas album, Illmatic, which is one of the greatest hip-hop albums of all time. And I wasn't cool enough to know about it in 1994 when it came out. I love Nas, but I didn't really get into him until his second album. So when you go back to this one, he was 19 when he did this album. That's insane. What were you doing at 19? Not this. If you, if you were never a fan of his or didn't listen to this album or aren't, aren't a fan of rap music, that's cool. I'm not going to bore you with it. I will say a couple things. Uh, one, when you think of like a modern artist like Kendrick Lamar, like that's the class that Nas is in. You know, almost like spoken word poetry, like rapped much cooler than how spoken word sounds, but you know, very vivid storytelling, almost like a script. There's one song on here. What is it? Uh, one Love. That's basically a letter to a friend that's in prison. I mean, I could play the whole song. That would prove my point, uh, how talented this dude is. So it was the 25th anniversary of this album, and it got me thinking to a couple times that I've interacted with Nasir Jones, a.k.a. Nas. Um, and one of them I wrote about, I threw up on my Medium page, which is a thing that people have sometimes. Can you just do medium.com slash Rick Savage? Let's see. No, we couldn't find this page, you son of a bitch. Oh, it's medium.com slash at Rick Savage. 
like the at sign, like as in Twitter handles. I don't like that, guys. It should just be Rick Savage. It shouldn't be an at symbol. Either way, if you want to read my little write-up, you can, uh, medium.com slash at Rick Savage. But here's the story, and I hope to have someone that was instrumental in this event on the podcast soon. Back when I worked at a company called Vivo, we produced and created a show called Go Shows. Surprise performances. We'd take artists and put them in interesting places and surprise the crowd. So we did um, Selena Gomez at a old movie theater, and we did Demi Lovato on a flatbed truck, and we did Nelly in a basement in St. Louis. And what were some of the other good ones? Oh, wow. Oh, we did Airborne Toxic Event on a, a bus, like a city bus driving around Silver Lake. That was awesome. Anyways, so... I mean, I'll just tell you the story. Some of the details I left out of the written version, so it couldn't be forwarded around. But for this audio-only version, what are the chances people are going to hear, you know? So Nas had an album out with Damian Marley, and they were doing promo for it or whatever. And so we pitched the idea of them doing a go show together. They agreed, and then they backed out, and then they agreed, and then it was just back and forth, back and forth. And finally, it got back to us that... For whatever reason, Damian Marley wasn't available. He had some other obligation that night. But Nas, being the stand-up dude that he is, knew that uh, there was a big sponsor involved in this, and it was kind of the launch to this other season. And there was a lot of there's a big expectation for this to be pretty cool. So he was like, "I'll I'll do it solo. If you want me to do it solo, I'll do it solo." Which between me and you, way better. <laughs> The record he did with Damian Marley called Distant Relatives is very good, but it's not Nasir Jones. So when that message came back that he was still going to do the ghost show, but solo, we were ecstatic. So we had a few days to pull this off, trying to figure out a very cool location for a Nas go show. And the way I remember it, this is why I'd like to talk to other people about it, but the way I remember it is a guy named Darren Woodhouse, a.k.a. Woody, that we worked with. He's one of these guys that knows, somehow knows everyone or is like one or two text messages away from anyone, especially in New York City. So he was like, um, Q-Tip does, Q-Tip from Tropical Quest does a underground like basement party at the Ace Hotel and it's real small and like capacity is a hundred people. I mean, you can't even get a ticket. It's like you have to know someone to get into this event and and it really, I, I call it a basement party because that's what it felt like. Like you walked into the Ace Hotel, you go down the stairs. It, it you almost, it almost feels like Goodfellas, where you have, you have to walk like almost through the kitchen, and then there's what looks like a basement, except Q-Tip is DJing and there's giant speakers, and it was awesome. So Woody is like, yeah, you know, Q-Tip does this party. Uh, he he knew Tip from whatever. Let me talk to him, and then he comes back and he's like, yeah, Q-Tip's down to have Nas roll, roll through and do a couple songs. Head explodes. I guess the one thing is in between the, you know, the back and forth of if they will do it, if they won't, it was all hands on deck sending emails saying how important this was because it was, oh, it was vitamin water was the sponsor because vitamin water was buying the show and it was very important that it had to happen. And that's when Nas said he would do it himself. I remember our general manager sent a note and like, I really shouldn't be saying these things, but again, who's going to hear it? said, uh, you know, we'll make a charitable donation to Nas's uh, nonprofit. I emailed Nas's manager and kind of like went a more emo route of like, 
do it for hip hop. Um, uh, our buddy Mike that worked at Vivo sent another note talking about, I don't know, just how big we were going to get behind it in the big campaign and the promotion. It was all hands on deck. They agreed to do it. So long story short, we tell Nas to show up at midnight. And uh, and guess what? Nas shows up at midnight. And his DJ got there at like 11.45. Green Lantern. Shout out to the evil genius. We walked him uh, downstairs to start DJing, getting the crowd kind of hyped up. And then took Nas upstairs to do the interviews. The whole the crowd, it was kind of leaked. I think Hot 97 talked about it on the radio a little bit. Like, oh, Nas might be popping up at Q-Tips thing, whatever. But the majority of the crowd didn't know. So we walk Nas He's hiding in the kitchen, basically, behind the double doors, like where the servers come in and out. And I run in and I tell Q-Tip he's ready. And Q-Tip on this microphone, if you've ever, if, if you happen to be there, if you're one of the friends that were there or worked on it, or if you've ever seen this clip, you'll know this. For whatever reason, Q-Tip loved having a delay, like an echo effect on his microphone. I don't know, man. Like, I don't think it sounded all that cool, but he loved that thing. So this was his intro uh, to bring Nas out. Again, 100 people, basement of the Ace Hotel, low lights, like dingy, the exact opposite of the type of shows that Nas and Q-Tip were doing at this point in their career. New York City was good. Welcome to the Ace, y'all know how it is. This is the illegal basement party that we do every Friday. Alright, this is how we do what we do in my way. I promise y'all a surprise of the biggest, of the biggest proportion. You know what I mean? And here he is right here, man, a lyrical monster. One of the best to ever do it. Numerous classics and all that, man. I mean, what? About to take it back to the essence, do an illegal basement style. Give it up for my man, Nasty No! This stage is so small, too. It's like maybe a foot riser and, I don't know, maybe like 10 by 10 is a tiny little stage. So the other thing is the night before the performance, uh, Nas's manager emails me and he's like, hey, what song should Nas do? And I was like, wait, what? Like, I don't know, man. Like, he's one of the greatest rappers of all time. Like, do whatever songs you want. But then we started talking and it was like, man, if we can get him to do New York State of Mind in New York City, that would be dope. Cool. That's on the list. And then the other one was Q-Tip produces a song called One Love uh, that I played a clip earlier and kind of sings the hook on it on Illmatic. So let's have Nas do that song and just kind of see what happens. So Q-Tip is behind the turntables, not DJing. He's like kind of off to the side because Green Lantern is DJing for Nas. And then they go into um, One Love and it, it certainly wasn't planned. You can see in the footage like Q-Tip kind of has to like jump over the speakers and then someone hands him the DJ microphone. And then we were like, no, 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 we got to get him a wireless. I honestly don't remember if I was the one that handed him the microphone. Someone did handed him the wireless microphone. And then he just came out and was like Nas's hype man for the rest of the show. It was insane. So right now Nas is trying to do an intro. Q-Tip is trying to climb over the turntables to get to the stage. 
You see what's happening? They hand him the microphone. Listen for Q-tips. Phil's. Man, I guess watch the whole thing. So then it turns into like, I mean, Q-Tip is a performer. So he's on stage the rest of the show just playing like hype man for Nas. They do like three or four more songs. A couple of them got cut for clearance issues. Oh, man. We could do a whole other podcast on how hard it is to clear songs for stuff like this. So then at the end, Nas finishes his five or six songs. And it's like party vibe now michael rapport was there on the dance floor shout out to mike rap everyone was kind of hanging out drinking um i still have the receipt from Nas's bottle service that i paid for that night i expensed it you know let's not get carried away but it was like 2500 dollars. so i was like i'm saving that receipt i have it framed somewhere and then dj green lantern when Nas is done i remember he goes right into breathe and stop which is a q-tip song and again, Q-Tip being the performer that he is, is like, all right, I'll do a song. So he does Breathe and Stop. And then Nas didn't know this, but Fife and Jerobi from a tribe called Quest were there. And so after Breathe and Stop, and Nas is kind of like on stage with him. So Q-Tip brings up Fife and Jerobi. And it turns into like a tribe called Quest concert. What? Back in the days on the boulevard of Linden, we used to kick routines and the presence was sitting there with our the ass shack. And even power for the I kicked them ass out. And I posted the photo, or I took a screenshot of the moment when Nas he sees, I mean, he's like the biggest tribe called Quest fan in the world. When he sees Fife and Jerobi coming on stage and realizes what's happening, like he was just so stoked. So they do a little bit of check the rhyme. And then I remember Q-Tip kept saying like, you're going to have to pay for the rest because they were about to do like a little festival tour. So he's like, you got to pay for the rest. You got to pay for the rest. So they're just going to do check the rhyme. And then Nas grabbed the microphone and he was not going to let that happen. Give it up for my boy Fife Dog, Fife Dog. Yo, hold on, hold on. Yo, hold on, hold on. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Nah, we done. This is historic. Hold on, hold on. Hold on, this is Fife Dog. When the last time y'all seen Jerobi, man? Come on, man. This is a Tribe Core Quest. A Tribe Core Quest. A Tribe Core Quest. Hey, yo. Just for me, Tip. Just for me, Fife Dog. Can we get one more record, one more classic? Please. Please, man. We need that. So right now, Fife and Jerobi are about to walk off stage. Q-Tip is already off stage. He's behind the turntables, kind of like standing on a speaker, basically saying like, no, man, we got millions of dollars to make this summer to go out do this festival tour. We're not going to do this free show. And then I think the moment kind of, caught up to him and he got excited about doing another Fuck song that. so he leans over to green lantern this is queens new york points at the laptop and Fuck tells him that. to play this song hey yo 
This is fucking historic. They got so many classics. Hey, Greenland, they got so... So what's up, so what's up, so there Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Okay, so then it goes on for maybe another verse or so. And then uh, and then that was pretty much it. Then uh, they partied till like four in the morning and it was incredible. And I know, I always think of Tony Soprano saying, like, remember when is the lowest form of conversation. And I don't want to always look back, but sometimes it's nice to pause and go, hey, that was a really cool night. That was a very special thing. That, By the way, that whole little part that I just played, the Tribal Quest, never released. I just finally uploaded it to my Vimeo like a week ago for this little Medium article. Because there was no way we could clear all that stuff. There's no way we were going to get Tribal Quest to sign off on something that was for Nas's Vivo performance. Like, that was never going to happen. But, man, this was like 10 years ago, so I think we're safe. I mean, what's going to happen? I get a cease and desist. I think it'll be okay. Um, but, yeah, I think it's okay to look back at moments like that. That was a good one. So, sorry. Thank you for letting me indulge a little bit there. Uh, but Nas's Illmatic turned 25 years this week, and those songs were from that album. So I figured we'd reminisce a little bit about the good old days. That was fun. All right, let's just uh, hit the savage and get out of here. What a fucking savage! I'm a savage. I'm a savage. They like savage. Why you got a twelve car garage and you only got six cars? Something about you turns me to a savage. I don't know if he's been Savage of the Week before, but we've certainly talked about Kanye West numerous times on this podcast, and I just gotta, man, he was he was what what is it from uh, from Godfather? Just when you think you're out, they pull you back in. He he was he was pulling me back in, and now I might be out again. So Kanye does these great things. I mentioned him before. I'm still looking for my invite called Sunday Service, where he gets uh, a choir and a full band and. Um, his family and friends and they all go out somewhere in Calabasas and they do Sunday service and they kind of jam for a couple hours and some of it's kind of gospel and some of it's old soul and funk songs and some of it's Kanye West music and every now and then he he slips in a little uh, unreleased song and the internet goes crazy because then they go like oh right he's such a good producer I wish he wasn't insane so this was getting all this buzz and somehow I don't know the backstory they got booked for the weekend two of Coachella which was just a couple days ago and so Sunday morning, Coachella, 9 a.m., Kanye does his his Sunday service off in a field. And it's not in the main polo fields. I think it's off in the campgrounds. And they build these big kind of fake green hills. And uh, one thing about Kanye is he hates the look of speakers. So they hid the speakers under what looked like grassy hills, but they're actually speakers under there. I have personal experience with that. We'll talk about some other time. Dude just hates the way speakers look for some reason. So whenever you do a show with Kanye, you have to find a way to hide a giant sound system. Cool, bro. That's not why he's Savage of the Week. So he does this thing, and it's like, oh, that's so great, and it's such a positive, uplifting thing, and whether you're religious or not, the kind of 
you know, just the feel good vibes that come out of this every week. And now he's going to do a Coachella. And so it's probably going to be half kids that have just been partying all night and they're still awake and half people that probably went to bed early on Saturday night so they could get to this cool thing on Sunday. Like so great. He brings out special guests. Chance the rapper was there. I think two chains was there. DMX fresh out of jail came and did a little, little sermon prayer thing. I mean, such good positive energy. And it's like, all right, Kanye, like maybe I'll forget about the mag hat thing. Hey, guess what he did? He sold merch and he had socks for $50 and he had sweatshirts for $225. (sighs) Bro, why'd you have to do it? $225 sweatshirts in the name of the Lord, Kanye, dude, I was right there with you. And then you have to just go take advantage of people. In the, in the worst sense of the word. What a fucking savage! Savage of the week, Kanye West. There was also a great, there was another great Florida story. But I can't just always go back to Florida. That's not fair. That's cheating. Unless we change it to Florida Savage of the Week, which might end up happening. Until then, we'll say Kanye West is the Savage of the Week and not for the good way. Like Mayor Pete was and some of the other people. That's what you get. You see, you got to balance, you know? It's the yin and the yang. Sometimes the savages are good. Sometimes not so good. All right, let's go ahead and wrap this thing up. Sorry, uh, sorry that we were a couple days late. But it would have been gross to be all nasally and coffee. I didn't want to do that to your ears. But we'll be back sometime on Monday, hopefully. Um, yeah, Wednesday, May 22nd, I'll be at Flappers if you want to come hang out, have some laughs, have some drinks, that'd be fun. Uh, and there's a bunch of other stuff going on in the works. I feel really good lately. I think that, uh, I don't know. I think something, something good's about to happen. So watch this space as our friend Rachel Maddow would say. All right. I hope you have a great week. I'll talk to you soon. See you later. Bye. This is the Rick Savage Show. Better than yesterday isn't for everyone. Keep it up, Peloton! Just one more push isn't for everyone. Being your own role model isn't for everyone. You're crushing it, Peloton! Keep it up! It's not for everyone, but Peloton's for go-getters, everyday heroes, and anyone who really wants it. Visit OnePeloton.com to learn more about the Peloton bike.